Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. callbacks gotta love it on that callback note though i do have to go and vote and then try and make a difference in my country slash province slash whatever okay so um, sorry i couldn't chat about ultron i would love to especially so okay the hell... voting is important go vote get ice cream apparently yeah, yeah get ice cream good times and uh we'll talk about the vision and his perhaps existent genitals question mark next time okay okay so before you go though i will say because i don't know if we're going to get another opportunity to bring this up uh-huh. he can grow his own penis he oh can grow a cape he can he can form a wang of his lady's choosing scarlet do you so do you think wanda would be into like the obscenely big vision wang or like a more manageable like normal wang i guess the question would be is how freaky is wanda maxima i think initially it'd be like pretty pretty chill like pretty regular and then you know as things start to get a little bit more boring they have to spice things up in the bedroom and and then there's maybe some lights vibrators like okay did you watch the snl skit about um black widow age of me that trailer no Oh my god, Kate, okay. we'll go watch it and the clip at the end where she's talking to Ultron. 
that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> so it reads like an issue of Chester X, XY 5000. Oh my god, I love that comic. <laughs> okay. Yes, on that note. <laughs> really Bye, Sarah. Bye. Well, this is an interesting episode of, of the spoiler cast. Because we have had... This is apparently the worst day of the worst week to try and get someone on who isn't myself, Jonathan, a.k.a. Roblox, or Jack, a.k.a. Jenkinship. Yay. So it's just going to be us. It'll probably be us until Obo Crazy calls in uh, a little bit later for her 10 minutes that she can get away from work. But we are here to talk about the movie of end of the year so far. Avengers Age of Ultron. And it's exciting to be on this thing. I don't get to spoil things very often. So you don't. We well, actually for spoiler casts, it's it's split right now between uh between you and I doing Kimmy Schmidt and House of Cards. And then we did Daredevil too. Does that count as two though? Uh, I thought they were two different episodes. Well, they're the same episode. I meant like uh, Kimmy Schmidt and uh, House of Cards. Does that count as one episode? No, no, that episodes? that one counts as one. Ah. Because we did, because it was it was the same show, and then True. actually we've only done one spoiler cast. Like we're not. Yeah, doing we didn't this. do the Daredevil one, did do we? Like a spoiler cast I for that. Thought we did. Maybe no. You're right. Right. You're right. We did. We did. We talked about. Uh, we don't say his name and so on and so forth. We talked a little bit about it. I'm trying to remember specifically actually, going no, into. Maybe no, we did. I. You know what? I don't. I don't know that we actually had a specific Daredevil spoiler cast. I think we, we talked, talked about broadly it. Yeah. about it. Yeah, we talked a lot about it, but we didn't get into spoilers and shit. And, but, but the reason why we're doing this is because Age of Ultron has come out. We want to talk about it, but we don't want to do open broadcast of spoilers. So we're going to take this opportunity to geek out and, and have a little discussion about the movie. And then, and then when we roll into the show, uh, we'll see if we can grab maybe someone else to talk about it broadly and, and go from there. Maybe abroad? Oh, I, if we're lucky, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're 0 for 3 so far. And apparently if we're, the, we're from the 1920s, or at least I am. <laughs> so Nice right. gams. So, uh, I, and actually, I am going to include that little bit about Vision's penis. because uh, How could you not? How, how I, could I, I, I not? was going to assume. Yeah. But, uh, so I guess the, the best way to start out is, Jack, what did you think about Avengers Age of Ultron? I thought it was a very good movie. Had a lot of great character moments. I loved the team the way it is. I thought that Ultron was a compelling, interesting villain. I liked the new additions like with Pietro and Wanda and uh, and ultimately the Vision. Uh, but I don't think it was quite as good as the first one. It was an enjoyable movie, a fun movie. It didn't quite live up to the first Avengers movie, maybe because that whole excitement and energy about having these groups come together wasn't there now that they're together. And there were some... Yeah, problems I'll get into later on. I thought it's worth your money, worth going to see. I don't think it's as good as Winter Soldier or the first Avengers film. That's my I I am in complete agreement. I think it is it was great. It was a lot of fun. And it was definitely in my tier two of Marvel movies. It did not for me it didn't exceed Guardians of the Galaxy, Winter Soldier, or the First Avengers. That said it was a lot of fun. The yeah. very beginning opening one-shot montage was was very cool. And I am actually uh, – that 
I, I actually enjoyed it a lot on the second viewing. Like the first time I saw it, it was in 3D IMAX, and so there was a lot going on, and it was almost too much, especially for 3D. I found that when I was watching it in 2D, it was a lot easier to follow. And I think that's something that's really important that should be said right now. And we'll probably say this in the in the show proper. But Avengers Age of Ultron, you do not need to see in 3D. In fact, you're probably better off not seeing it in 3D. Oh, wish I'd known that ahead, going ahead. I actually watched it Saturday night, like during the time of the, uh, the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, which is a whole other story. I'm not even going to deal with it here. No, but, we'll deal uh, with it in the show proper. Yeah, yeah. So – I watched it with my brother-in-law um, after his daughter, my niece's first communion, and uh, it was like like not midnight showing, but like ten thirty, so eleven, so a little later than I'm used to staying because I'm old now. So I watched it in three D, and that might have affected it a little bit, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I felt like it was I I, I don't think it was too intense or whatever, but I think I could see that because it's more the character pieces I thought were stronger than the fights and the special effects. I thought that the uh, the characterization and the scenes and the subplots. Um, I don't even know where to start with that. I mean, I guess we could talk about the uh, the Black Widow uh, Hulk relationship, which yeah, I thought was one of the that, best pieces of the movies. Yeah, since that kind of starts off things in the middle of the fight, you find out how they, or at the end of the first fight, when they're when they're battling the Hydra base and and going through, they have Hulk with them. But Hulk is Hulk, and you find out how they calm him down, and that's with the Black Widow because she is an enchanting, beautiful woman, and they have her do this, like, pressure point technique that that helps relax the Hulk. So it's a combination of, hey, here's the honeypot, here's the pressure points, and then, boom, we're back to Banner. Now I'm reminded of the honey dick phrase used in the interview. <laughs> Which, actually, I listened to the other day. I was listening to the, to the Let's Make Fun of North Korea episode uh, earlier. <laughs> it was a great wow. show. Anyway, um, but... I will okay so I will since this is like spoiler territory I'm going to tell this story it's something that I would love to show on or share on the show proper but I'm going to share it here because it has to do specifically with spoilers for this movie and for Winter Soldier. Oh, did you did you ever see Winter Soldier or was it Thor 2 that you hadn't seen? I didn't see Thor 2 but I definitely saw Winter Soldier. I okay. loved it. Okay. So Everyone knows what happens in Winter Soldier. Uh, you find out that S.H.I.E.L.D. had been infiltrated from the very beginning by HYDRA and that it's mostly a HYDRA or organization now. You have Cap taking out three helicarriers and the Winter Soldier showing up, fucking shit up, and then escaping. So my buddy that I saw it with, uh, I saw it with, uh, with him, his wife, and, uh, and one of our friends, uh, Shadows Flame, and her new boyfriend, Jason, who is actually pretty awesome. So anyway, so we were watching the movie, and I find out that my buddy had not seen Winter Soldier through uh, all sorts of haphazard things. He had just never got around to seeing it. And so I'm like, oh, that's like the most important Marvel movie to have seen before this besides the original Avengers. Like, like actually the most important one. So I'm trying to think of what I can tell him to kind of bring him up to speed but not spoil Winter Soldier. And the first thing I thought of was Sam Wilson who, who shows up in Age of Ultron. And I'm like, so this was, this was when I saw it on Saturday because I had already seen it on Thursday at this point. So I'm like, alright, well I need to explain who Sam Wilson is. And I think that's it. 
So I'm like, all right. So Sam Wilson is a PJ or former PJ. He's out of the military. He becomes friends with Captain America and helps him. And he helps him to try and find the Winter Soldier. And I'm like, okay, I think that's good. So I tell him that. He's like, oh, okay. okay. Well, that sounds good. So the movie starts, and the big fight we were just mentioning is against a Hydra base. And they make mention of, oh, this Hydra base is more well-defended than the ones we've been raiding. And so my buddy leans over and whispers, how did Hydra get into the future? I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. I have seconds. Like, this scene is going on right now. I have a few seconds to try and not, again, not spoil Winter Soldier, but bring him up to speed so he knows what the fuck is going on. So knowing what I told him earlier, I'm like, I lean over, and this is probably the most, like, on point with my wit that I've ever been. I lean over and I say, Hydra and the Winter Soldier destroyed S.H.I.E.L.D. Which is true. Yeah. From a certain point of view. Absolutely right. I mean, that's accurate. It's not the complete picture, but certainly enough that he can keep watching the movie. Right. And so I think that's good. I think he'll be able to watch Winter Soldier and not be spoiled by the big twist because he also didn't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which actually, if you watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that would have also brought him up to speed more or less. Yeah. Oh, I, I would think so. But I mean, that, watching well done. Winter Soldier is Bravo. obviously the oh, that was game. that was some quick thinking right there. I know, I was impressed. Like, okay, so I went on uh, the Retcast with our good friend uh, Brandon Braxis, and I was telling him this story, and it, and the other host Billy was like, "Oh, well, you could have done this, 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 or this. You could have, and that's that's not that's not that good. That you could have you could have also said this." And I'm like, I had seconds. I had to come up with something right then and there. So. I think I did pretty good, and, yeah. and I'm glad to get some vindication here. Yay. There you go. On the spot. I, I don't think I would have done as good with that. I would have had to do something. I don't know what I would have done, to be honest with you. I'm not as quick-witted as you are, apparently. That's a heck of a way for me to find that out. I'm well, actually, I, I've got another surprise for you for, uh, for your wedding, but it's a surprise. I am going get, to actually get to make a speech at, at Event Redacted, right? Um, I can make it happen. Okay. It's not going to be that long. It's only going to be... Four minutes, maybe, maybe five, but it's it's it'll be worth it. I'll just I'll just tell you that. Okay, that's fine. But anyway, uh, so yeah, like the action sequence there was was top notch, and I I love the whole like the whole piece of the team. Like the first movie, you know how it is. The ordered movie, they have to come together, they have to fight, not trust each other, you know, and then their team. And it starts off with them as a team. And then, of course, you get to see them like really just sort of taken to the brink by uh, by the Scarlet Witch, by 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 Ultron, and by that whole unity. And, and you sort of see little seeds of what's to come. And it makes sense; it ties into Captain America because I feel like Captain America is sort of like the other three like independent franchises. It's like a uh, a miniature one, right. and uh, Captain America is the one that's most pivotal to the Avengers main storyline. Right, because Thor is still dealing with cosmic Thor stuff. And sure. Iron Man inexplicably is in his own his own little story that involves the president of the United States where Captain America doesn't get involved. So okay. and anyway, beyond all that, yes, I, I completely agree that especially now with with what we've seen with Winter Soldier and what we're going to see with uh, with Civil War, which we will talk about in the same spoiler cast. 
Mm-hmm. But um, but I, I definitely agree that that what you get in Captain America is almost as good as getting the team ups with that you get in the Avengers. And I just loved the fact that not only did we, the movie start with a badass team up uh, combo attack, all sorts of other stuff. And the the enemy was as confounded as we were. They were there's like, what happened? Uh, well, the guardsmen panicked it's the avengers it's like well well why aren't we stopping them they're the avengers (laughs) i love how how like casually the term avengers is just thrown around now it's just like oh hey it's the avengers again yay they've they've apparently been doing this for a while and And it establishes very quickly for anyone who hadn't had any familiarity with that these are a big deal like world level threat team and that they're impressive and capable and they're going to knock down and the bad guys are shit their pants when the Avengers come to town. Right. And and you get to hear avenging as a as a as a verb. Hey, honey, I totally support your avenging. But we'll get into that later as well. But I I thought the beginning was super solid. Uh, It was very is very Joss Wheatney. Um, the introduction of the twins. I kind of had to explain who the twins were. I was like, "Oh, they're a Hydra experiment." So yeah, yeah that's, that's that's easy. Yeah, but uh, I I thought their introduction was great. Uh, the Scarlet Witch, man, fucking hell, she was creepy as fuck. That during her first like introduction, when she's like doing that whole like Joe on the Grudge kind of movement as she's like scuttling around. That that was perfect. I love that. Hey, can you keep rolling for just one second? I have to be. I'll be right back. Uh, sure. Okay. And actually, that gets that gets me talking to one of the other things I really liked about the beginning was that it is it was a great like Jack was saying it, it was in the middle of the action as a sequel should be. It didn't bother introducing anything. It just threw you right in, which was fantastic. And I feel like that was one of the movie's strengths is that it was a very worthy sequel to the Avengers. It was, it, it, it took nothing for granted or actually it took a lot for granted. It, it assumed that you had seen all these movies, which was one of the most audacious things about the first Avengers. And this kind of continued that tradition, uh, going into, going into the story and what we saw. Hey, sorry about that. My phone was going off in the background a few seconds ago. Are you back now? I am back now. Okay. Okay, go ahead. But anyway, I was just saying how this, like you were saying, this is a a worthy sequel. It it throws you right in. I loved Thor's mission report on the Hulk and how it was making him uncomfortable, and that was great. I just, it was just so good. I think, actually, the movie starts having problems at the party scene. Like, I think some of it was really cool. I think it was neat seeing Banner and uh, and Black Widow kind of flirting and stuff, and then you you see the callbacks to uh, to Winter Soldier and Captain America saying, "Hey, I've seen her flirt. This isn't it. You, this is the the genuine deal." And then Banner getting all like, "Oh, what do you mean?" And that was great. But like, I, and I know like Mary Hill's line about there not being any ladies. I understand that she was hanging a lantern on the fact that. She was kind of the only girl, but it was just came off as really awkward. It was just probably one of the poorest executions in the movie, and it, it kind of took me out of it for a bit. Felt a little Ocean's Twelvesy. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the perfect uh, description for it. It, it. it probably dragged in a little longer than it needed to go. It was just sort of like, all right, in joke, haha, in joke, haha, in joke, haha, here's Ultron. Yeah. It was like, and, and I really wish that the scene with Thor's hammer had not been in any of the trailers. I understand they needed this scene to really make an impact. And so to that end, they wanted it showcased as much as possible. So it was in that like extended Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s trailer that we got uh, last year. It was basically like that scene and then the teaser that had already come out. So I, I, I understand because it is an important scene and it's a fun scene. But really, out of the whole party, that was all we needed to see. I mean, it was cool to see Rhodey you know, talking about the, the war machine stuff. And it was cool. To, it was definitely cool to see Sam Wilson show up. I mean, that was that was probably the highlight of that whole party scene until you got to Thor's hammer stuff. But and then, yeah, it just kind of throws you into, OK, this is happening. And and you get you get fighty, fighty, blasty stuff. Which that piece is good. I love that it sort of ended like in the middle towards the end of that party and that Ultron shows up. I think it might have been a little bit better. I mean, I understand the need for the hammer scene, but like I said, if you they also showed in the middle of the party, that could could have been a little bit more exciting, and the threat level would have been a little bit more. Right, but and and like you said, we we or like I said, we needed that that hammer scene. We needed the reminder of of Mjolnir and and how no one, not even Captain America, who's probably the most worthy out of out of the current set of Avengers, could pick it up. Although I did like. I, I know it was supposed to be awkwardly terabad, but like Banner's like trying to pick up the hammer and he goes, ah, ah. I did actually like that one. I think I think there were some people that didn't because it was pretty terrible, but I I appreciated it because as as uh as Natalia Romanoff said, he's a huge dork and chicks dig that. <laughs> yeah. But uh Oh, did you know that uh, – and, and I, I did know this watching the movie, so I was kind of looking for, for things – that uh, that Scarlett Johansson was pregnant during filming? I did not know that. Yeah. And apparently what they did is they did costumes, digital trickery, and and like positioning. So I'm pretty sure that when – that the reason why she was leaning up against that bar was that – Little Scarlett Johansson baby was underneath the bar. Ah, baby Scarjo. Baby Scarjo, I think, was present for that scene, and I, I think the other one was when uh, they're at Hawkeye's uh, farmhouse, and she's wearing the robe and kind of talking to Banner. I think that was another scene where they used the costume to hide it, and I think through a lot of the others, they did. They had other things that they were doing. Well, it's a little more subtle than the engineer's jacket they had for Blana Torres to hide Roxanne Dawson. Oh God. Uh, Let's. Oh man, I was. You know, I was really hoping we'd get through this without a Voyager reference. I see that I was wrong. No, I mean, how long have you known me now? Oh, I mean, come on! At least reference the good Star Trek, I guess. But that is a that is an excellent point. Of this is we're not even trying here. Not a lot of pregnancy like references I can make from from Star Trek. You know, it's not like uh, Nichelle Nichols was pregnant during any other original run or anything like that. It's the was, first thing that came to mind, to be honest. Was uh, was actually Roxana Dawson the only pregnant cast member through the run? 
Possibly. I think main cast for sure. If anyone else was pregnant, I don't know about it. But that was the one that stuck to mind. I think because it was late 90s and that's really when the internet started getting kicking when it came to like behind the scenes news and spoilers right. and all that kind of stuff. Okay. But uh, but anyway. But we anyway, digress. back to Ultron. Yes. Okay, so Ultron so himself I wanted to talk about. Actually, actually I was going to say this is an excellent opportunity to talk about Ultron himself played by James Spader. And I love that it's a little different take on uh, on artificial intelligence, where most AI seems like uh, you know more robotic, more analytical. Like in in some ways, you know, the Vision, the Synthesoid, seem more robotic than than Ultron did. Ultron seemed like kind of like a damaged person, and I love that take on him because he's damaged code. Because it ultimately comes from the mind gem, I guess, and it can, in conjunction with stuff that Hydra was doing, with a little bit of Stark tech thrown in there for good measure. And I, we see some of it in Battlestar Galactica in terms of broken, angry robots, but I kind of love that, and it's perfect. And I think casting James Spader was a really good to, to, to put on that kind of twisted, funhouse mirror version of Tony Stark. Yeah, this whole, I, yeah I, I definitely think that uh, I appreciated James Spader more and, and his take and, and the direction that they took uh, with, with Ultron the second time. I think initially... It was he just didn't come off as that threatening. And this is and I'm someone who who was like, you know what, Loki and and even uh, the, the Dark Elf from Thor and and definitely Ronan and Thanos were a lot more intimidating villains. And I think the difference, though, is that since James Spader's Ultron is a lot more nuanced then it, it like like some of that raw in your face menace you mean like ripping a guy's arm off well but he was ki- he was joking around when he did it like before the end he was like oh yeah also i'm going to kill the avengers so he was very quippy uh, during during that during that deal Wait, I, mean, I don't see how ronin, a guy hold on, who hold makes on, a hold on hold on i'm sorry so Please. ronin bashed the guy's head in was unrepentant about it and and just and it was just like, oh, I'm so evil, blah, blah, blah. And and the point I was trying to make is that this, through the, the second viewing, I'm like, you know what? I appreciate what, what they did with Ultron. Like you said, he is this, this psychotic guy who's more along the lines of a human villain rather than this, men- this giant threatening robot. And, and that, that is kind of cool. And... I, I think the fact that he was that he was funnier than a lot of villains and and a lot more entertaining to watch it actually sort of reminds me of Jack Nicholson's the Joker from the first Batman. And that's not that's not a bad comparison. I mean that that villain kind of stole the show. I, I wouldn't say that about James Spader's Ultron, but I, I like I said on second viewing, I appreciated him a lot more. I can I can see that like the whole comparison there and. The thing that I pull from the comics is that in the comics, Ultron was not created by Tony Stark. He's created by Hank Pym. And Pym and Ultron sort of have this sort of twisted father-son relationship where, you know, a lot of it is getting back at daddy and really being mad at daddy. And Ultron, you don't really have it overtly said too much, but it's sort of the same thing where, you know, Ultron in many ways is like Tony Stark's son, like his evil robot son. (laughs) All of the hubris and... Ego, like, and confidence twisted in a slightly different direction, thrown back in Tony's face. 
the ego of this guy that he could think he could just do this. And, and that's sort of one of the themes, right? Tony thinking he can do anything and making this robot that almost destroys humanity, right? Right. And you're going to see some of that probably in the Captain America 3 Civil War storyline where Tony kind of rails back and realizes, you know, accountability means something. Whereas up to this point in his life, he really isn't a big fan of that accountability at all. Yeah, and I uh, – there's part of me like a purist, even though I, I didn't read the comics. But there is a purist in me that kind of – that on one hand kind of wished that Hank Pym had been involved. But at the same time, throwing in another character at this point – I mean there were already a ton of characters in, in this movie and a ton of good characters, really, really good characters. And having having Ultron be made by Banner and Stark and – and leading to those consequences that are going to lead to civil war, I think it's a much cleaner and yeah. much simpler transition. It makes more sense. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you remember that you know, Stark and Banner are talking about Ultron before. Like, it's not a new idea they come up with in the film. This is something they've been kicking around for a while, which means that it might not originate with them. We might see, I mean, not to spoil anything, like, I don't know one way or the other, like, this ideas of this project, at least conceptually, being drawn up by a guy like like Hank Pym, where it's sort of like, well, this is the theoretical basis for uh, for the robot. This would do this, and you know, he maybe did some calculations and some equations and some programming, but never really finished it. So it might be something that they're picking up. So you might see it lead back somehow. I wouldn't uh, be surprised. I I don't know. I think I think keeping it in like like making this Stark's fault. Oh, and, definitely and Stark's fault. It, I'm saying and, and like even the, it, what, what I'm saying is yeah. like like putting it all on him. I think provides a lot of good fuel for Civil War, which is what I think they were going for. Yeah. And then from Civil War, you get into Infinity Wars because what's probably going to happen is Civil War is going to happen. It's going to break everyone up, and then that's that's going to uh, uh, Infinity War is going to be what brings everyone together, at least for part one. And then part two, they're like going to space because I I thought that was actually a uh, an interesting prelude to infinity wars and to the the revelation of the mind gem when tony stark is is justifying his actions and saying hey so we were like invaded by an alien army and even though we're we're really good at taking care of problems down here how do you propose that you handle a cosmic problem because right now the only one who is capable of doing something like that is thor and that's it and he's only one as guardian yeah and they definitely did a lot of like uh, foreshadowing for uh, for Infinity Wars. I mean, there was love there. Like, it's sort of more overt now than it has been in any Marvel movie beforehand. Not to the point that it's an infomercial, but they're definitely leaning into that. They're definitely leading up to it, and it sort of gives the Avengers sort of a cohesive feel as one big story. And I think when they're all said and done, you see all four movies. They're going to be able. To, you're going to be able to watch them as one like extended story. So I. Uh... I was listening to our Guardians of the Galaxy spoiler cast uh, not too long ago, and there was a discussion about about Loki's scepter being being an Infinity Stone. And sure enough, and sure enough, someone someone in this in this room said that well, the 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 Infinity Stone that is uh, at the heart of Loki's scepter is probably the Mind Stone. And there were a lot of naysayers. There was there was an Oboe and an Izzy. And probably a Jack. I didn't. I don't think I said anything one way or the other. I, I think there were. I think. I think that you, you were a jerk. Oh boy. And they were also jerks. Here we go. Coming down on me. 
and then motherfucking boom, mind gem. God, you heard someone's feelings one time. You never hear the end of it. Absolutely not. But uh, <laughs> seriously, though, I, I do, I do think it's cool that that they are they're fleshing out the gems and. And we're seeing more of them. And it was called out at the end and where Thor's like, so a lot of these have been showing up and that's weird. Uh, and, and just as a side note, they did confirm that the Aether is the reality gem or reality stone. Sorry. Is there stones, not gems? Sure. And of course that – and I know it's weird to come to the after credit scene like before the show is over. But I've got to talk about it, right? We let, okay. It leads right into it, right? Yeah. So Thanos, right? Finally being like, all right, you know, delegating responsibility doesn't work for him. All you see is the gauntlet thing opens up and he says in his James Brolin, like, you know, brogue, fine, I'll do it myself. <laughs> and I think we're going to see I, – I don't remember. Does, does Doctor Strange come out before or after Infinity Wars Part 1? I think after, but we have ways of looking it up. Give me Let's a look that up real quick. Um, yeah. I'll while look that up while you talk more about the uh, the the mid credit scene there. Yeah. So Thanos being the big bad of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and in some ways, he's kind of the unifying element to all of the films. He is the threat that everything is leading up towards. So to actually see him towards the end, to know that the next time around you're – Right off the bat, like when you go to Infinity Wars, you're getting Thanos. You're going to get a confrontation between him and the the Avengers. Who, by the way, new lineup, and that's kind of a nice little nod to to the comics, right? Where the original old school Avengers lineup gets replaced, but almost entirely. And in the original comics, it was quote unquote Cookie Quartet, where it was Captain America, Hawkeye, Quicksilver, and the Scarlet Witch. Here we get a little different lineup. We get Captain America, Black Widow. War Machine, The Falcon, Scarlet Witch, and The Vision. Yeah. So I, do we know I what's was, going out? Uh, okay, so here is the lineup for after Ant-Man. Ant-Man will close out Phase 2. We have Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Untitled Spider-Man movie, and Thor Ragnarok going right into Infinity War Part 1. Hmm. Well, so that's exciting. So we get to see uh, Doctor Strange beforehand. Right. And so I think what we're going to see is probably the I, – I want to say the soul gem is going to either be involved – probably be involved in Doctor Strange. And then I think we'll be gemless for a little while. Ragnarok will probably come up with the time gem because there might have to be some timey-wimey reset of, of – Thor does, does Thor get killed in Ragnarok by Ragnarok or does or does he just become unworthy? Depends on which Ragnarok you're talking about. Marvel's gone down this well several times. Okay, because I I I thought that when I first heard Ragnarok uh, and a Thor movie, I figured they were going with the Cyberclone route. Oh, Clor? No, Clor has a different origin actually. Clor uh, or Clone of Thor was made in the Civil War storyline and. Basically, I thought he was called Ragnarok. Uh, no, that, that's his actual name, Ragnarok. That's the name he gets later on. But uh, but I thought you were talking about the actual end of the actual Norse Ragnarok, where it's the end of days. Well, I, I know like what that. the end. Well, actually, it's not the end. It's the birth of a new universe. It's right. The, it's the like world tree being made clean or something, but everyone dies, and so Which, the distinction is academic if you die. 
Right. I'm just saying it's not the end. It's just it's the end for the end of you, maybe. (laughs) Which is still pretty bad. Right. Right. And uh, about the actual character of Ragnarok, that's a clone or like like a sort of cybernetic sort of psych word creation combination of like cybernetics and and Thor's DNA that uh, Mr. Fantastic and uh, Hank Pym make on the pro registration side to sort of like be a weapon for the pro registration, the ones who support, you know, Working for the government, the super, that's a superhero faction. And, of course, you don't have a Mr. Fantastic in the MCU. But I could see Tony doing something like that and, and Thor being not, not so happy about it after the fact. Right. It is, though, there are three movies in between Civil War and Ragnarok. So I could see them going a different route. But but anyway, so back back to Ultron and the discussion of gems. I think that, like I said, I think probably you get the soul gem in Doctor Strange and then the time gem in Ragnarok if they don't just straight up save it for Infinity Wars Part 1. Yeah, you got to give them some kind of new gem, I would think. As the catalyst. But I, I don't know. It, it, Doctor Strange seems like it makes sense for the soul gem. For soul gem, for sure. If it's going to appear somewhere, the soul gem kind of makes sense. And I would hope they keep I don't, it as far away from television as possible. I don't want to see any kind of Infinity Gems on the, the street-level TV series. No, and I don't think you will. I, it's definitely inappropriate for the Netflix stuff. Uh, I could see – I mean obviously they're going Maybe to Iron Fist. In, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Man. Yeah. So if they gave a stone to Iron Fist, that would be interesting. Huh. That, that would be something, wouldn't it? Something to think about, and maybe a catalyst for the Defenders miniseries, although I'd rather see them take on the Punisher or something. Oh, by the way, speaking of which, I wanted to touch on this very briefly, although I guess we can talk about the show proper. Tom Hardy apparently is interested in playing the Punisher in the MCU. I heard that, yeah. Which I think is kind of perfect casting. I think that's finally, if they do that, it's finally a way to get the character right. Oh, actually, so this is is also a bit, we can talk about this in a spoilery fashion. Uh, It's another bit of casting news that Martin Freeman is joining the cast of Civil War. I'm trying to imagine who he would play based on if it's based on the actual comic storyline. It came out a few years ago. I'm trying to remember. Like that's actually to... what I wanted to pick your brain about. I didn't know if there was like a governmental character or. I mean, there are always else. governmental characters. Well, Let's someone see. prominent. I mean, who is? I, I don't know any of their names, so I I wouldn't know. Right? Did they say anything about this role he's going to play, or just that he's cast? They they just said that he was cast. Wow! Now I have to use my imagination in terms of who could it possibly be. Um, I think one person mentioned uh, Modoc, but that'd I don't. Be, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> but it's a little out of the wheelhouse for the MCU, right? Like to see a little boxed like bad guy. Oh, yeah. Well, you see, I'm Charlie Buffalo Doybot. You see, yes, sort of T. Then it's it's weird. Well, and and that's the thing. It's like with Civil War, I think you you have too much stuff going on to bother with a villain like Modoc. I mean, you are like. For Civil War, since it's a Cap movie, your villain is Tony Stark. Yeah, pretty much. So, let's see. Their Happy Hogan is, what's his face? John Favreau, right? Right. Yeah, so, okay. I, I'm thinking a politician, a political figure, or something like that would make kind of sense. So there's a guy named Henry Peter Gyrick, who's sort of a thorn in the, the Avengers side, and also the X-Men to some extent, who's sort of like this bureaucrat who, in the 70s, put the Falcon on the team, basically his affirmative action move, said, you're not diverse enough here. And the Falcon actually resented being there because he knew he was a token, and he actually quit the team later on. But he's one of those guys who's sort of like – not really a bad guy, but he's kind of like an obnoxious bureaucrat. You ever watched Veep before? No. Ah, nuts. Trying to think of 
someone who is a jerk but not an evil dude. That's kind um, of the vibe. I can yeah, see Gyrick okay. doing that. What's that? Who? So actually, it's I, I don't obviously I don't know. I, I don't even have a clue who he might be cast as. Yeah. All I care about is does he survive this movie to show up in either Doctor Strange or <laughs> Infinity War Part One opposite Cumberbatch? It's like you have a Cumberbatch and you have a Martin Freeman. You have to put them together. I know. You, it's it's required. You have to do it. It's like it, it, it'll be better than the scene that they had in in the Hobbit movie. Oh, did they cast Boran Baron Mordo for the uh, Doctor Strange movie yet or no? I, I don't know who that is, so I don't know. Baron Mordo is like the, the villain for, for uh, Doctor Strange. He's like the bad guy. So they both trained under this uh, wise mentor called the Ancient One. You know, Doctor Strange is the good one. And then Baron Mordo is the one who's looking to sort of kill the Ancient One and take his place. And basically serves an evil uh, interdimensional warlord called the Dread Dormammu. So I'm noticing something about these Marvel movies. And I guess this is, this is indicative of Marvel comics in general. Mm-hmm. So in the first Iron Man, Tony Stark builds a suit, and then his nemesis in that movie, and actually for the next movie after that, builds an evil suit. So he has to fight basically his dark mirror image. In Thor, the villain is Loki, where Thor has to fight this other Asgardian who is his opposite, and it's Thor and Loki, so it makes sense. It's Norse mythology. In uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, Captain America has to fight an evil enhanced super soldier guy. And then I saw the preview for Ant-Man. And so Ant-Man is fighting an evil shrinking mini suit thing. And as you just said, Doctor Strange's nemesis is an evil wizard. Like, I feel like, and, and actually in the Hulk movie, in The Incredible Hulk, he had to fight an evil Hulk essentially. It's- it's I've not tried, just a Marvel thing, though. I like think, that's that's a common like, trope across all of fiction to fight like the the dark funhouse version mirror of right, yourself. Right, but they keep doing it. <laughs> and I'm not. I, I guess I'm not complaining too much, but I'm just saying that like like, and, and I sort of call it something because I don't I don't know all that much about Ant Man, so I didn't know about Yellow Jacket, and I kind of heard that you know what's his name from House of Cards was going to play the guy who's going to be yes, and I was like. So I finally see the yellow jacket suit, and I'm like, it's an evil Ant-Man suit. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. Uh, anyway. If you're in a line of business, your rivals are probably going to be in that line of business. There's actually a really good line in the Alias comic book, which is what AKA Jessica Jones is going to be based on, where uh, people or say – like Carol Danvers talks behind uh, Luke Cage's back and says he's a cape chaser, which is basically – code for you know cage just likes to you know bang superheroes right or you know, super heroines as it were and uh you know jessica jones actually asked him and then he's like wait a minute you have to understand i'm in the line of business and when you're in the line of business and a lot of time with people those are the type of people you tend to associate with and socialize with i don't have anything in particular i date other people but it's that kind of thing right so yeah. if you're a wizard you're going to fight other wizards right so wasn't what's his face a wizard the one guy whose name you're not supposed to name volda something Voldemort. Yeah, so you can't really say Harry Potter's delivered. He fights a he fight fought a wizard. Right um, at the end, though, in the other Superman seven, fought Zod, who's an evil version of Superman. Right, but normally, and I, and I can't believe I'm I'm making a case for Superman. Superman's normal villain is Lex Luthor, his who's nothing like him. Yeah, who's, but 
I mean, the main villain for Iron Man is a guy named the Mandarin, who's like this yellow panic, like green Chinese guy with with ten re- evil rings. So right, really- and that that was one that I didn't mention because that was actually, I think, a better, especially if you just look at it in the Iron Man series, he was a breath of fresh air because it wasn't some dude in an evil suit. Except that Tony Stark fights rival industrialists. It happened in all three movies, right? First movie, it was, I wouldn't uh, call Ivan Banco an industrialist. He was a, who? Uh, the the Whiplash slash Crimson. No, Man. but the other guy was Justin Hammer. He was the rival industrialist. He was the other villain in that movie. Right, but he, he didn't. And then in the third movie, of course, it was uh, the quote unquote real Mandarin. The a- the aim guy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah, you're gonna. When you're in a certain line of business, you're going to fight other people in that line of business. So it's not exactly a mirror thing. And Baron Mordo is very different than Doctor Strange. It's not like they had parallel structures are in they, the same background. Are they Mordo both magic just a, users? What's that? Do they both use magic? They both use magic. Do they so both what? wear capes? Yes, they both wear capes. Just Okay, just say. <laughs> and, and obviously... And, you're, and my, your precious Power Rangers did the exact same thing in their very first season, lest you forget. When did they fight an evil set of Power Rangers? The Green Ranger? They fought one Power Ranger. <laughs> and then he became a member of the team. Most yeah, of the but time I'm saying they were most of the time they weren't fighting other Power Rangers. They were but fighting But this is a monsters. common trope though. I mean, even with right, okay, so, so Loki's in a funhouse version of Thor. He's just uh, the, the, the the master of lies and deception and trickery. Right. He's an he's an rival god. And I'm not I, we're we're being pedant- we're getting pedantic about it. You this. are super pedantic. No, I'm not. I was just saying that this happened a lot. And, and w- with Power Rangers especially, it happened once. Well, that's what I think. Didn't they ever fight like uh, evil putty rangers or something like that? I don't remember. They, they actually in, in SPD, techni- the hero SPD team was technically the B team because the A team disappeared. Well, the A team comes back and it turns out they were evil. Ah, that's invincible. So that's, that's like – so that's two examples out of dozens of like literally dozens of seasons of, of Power Rangers. But anyway, so but but moving on, moving I'm on. talking going back to Ultron. Um, I think I want to talk about about the twins before we run out of time. We, we have to. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about how they they pulled the reverse Wheaton on us. They showed Hawkeye his hopes and dreams his wife and children, and then didn't kill him. Instead, yeah, like they the killed whole two one weeks, of the twins. I'm two weeks away from retirement, going to sail around the world with my old lady, my little <laughs> girl's going to college. Mendoza! <laughs> oh, your yacht, it's stayed live forever. <laughs> uh, but I thought that was, that was a clever anti-Wheaton trick. Or, uh, uh, yeah, a- anti-Wheaton trick. I-, I thought that was really great. And yeah, they seem to be telegraphing Hawkeye's death, but then, of course, they killed Quicksilver instead. Which I am totally okay with. Yeah, because he wasn't really an Avenger in the comics that long either. One, and two, this sort of is a compromise I'm sure that Fox and Marvel came up with long before this movie came out. Yeah, apparently they fought re- – like uh, Joss Whedon fought really hard for, for this death. And I, I, I think they did enough to make us care about Quicksilver so that his death had an impact. And it was a good reminder of the stakes. And yeah. which, which I think was kind of cool. And I think when Cap called it out, when he was like, if you get hurt, hurt him back. If you get killed, walk it off. And then like during the if you get killed line, I, I noticed it, it switches to Quicksilver real quick. And I'm like, oh, 
Oh, that's that's foreshadowing, kids. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But it gave death meaning, and it sort of nudges the Scarlet Witch towards the Vision even more, which kind of makes sense. Right. Like, in the comics, of course, they had a romantic relationship. In the Ultimate comics, there is a kind of creepy, pseudo-incestuous relationship between Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch, which I'm glad, I'm glad we're not going down that road because the movies do not need that. I completely agree. Yeah, the early 90s were – early 2000s were a kind of weird place for comics in general. Yeah, and uh, I am – I'm trying to think of anything else we can kind of go over. Uh, the Vision? The, oh, The Vision. I, I loved The Vision. Yeah. I, of- okay, okay, actually. So this is, this is something I asked uh, on the RETcast, and it's something I'm going to ask you, Jack, and I really wish there were more people here to ask. When the vision handed Mjolnir back to Thor, what was the reaction like in your audience? I heard some gasps. I mean, granted, I, so I watched that in Lancaster. So different crowd than what you might get in Philly. It's like I would imagine at least one guy would be like, oh, shit. <laughs> if <it> was, <laughs> I watched it in Philly. Seriously. <laughs> no way, bro. <laughs> that show's so, crazy. So obviously the IMAX 3D at – showing on Thursday, people went kind of nuts. Yeah. That, that was to be expected. Because they know what it means. Right. What I did not expect was the Saturday 2 p.m. showing in, in normal 2D to have almost as hysterical a reaction. There was the loudest audible gasp I've heard from an audience of normals in a long time. They all got it. And it was fantastic. And it, it comes back to that scene where they hammer it home. Hammer it home, wait. I get it. <laughs> that no one can pick up Mjolnir. You have to be worthy. And I thought that was a brilliantly clever and, and surprising scene. Because he had dropped Mjolnir earlier. Like, he had, he had dropped it on, on the ground. And they showed it clanking on the floor. And then Vision is just like, and we have to go. And there's Mjolnir in his hand. And, he was and like, that is the quickest Stop. way to build the trust of the Avengers and thus the audience. How cool is it when they're trying to, everyone's trying to pick up the hammers when the Okay, there we go. Okay, so how cool okay. is it that when when Captain America tried to pick up the hammer, it moved and Thor got a little bit nervous. I yes, love that. That was part. great. That was awesome. Oh hi. I've apparently arrived at just the right time because of well, Avengers. Well, the, we're uh, actually we're actually wrapping up the spoiler cast. Yeah. Oh, oh, so I've got like 10 seconds for spoilers? Yeah, 10 seconds for spoilers, go. Yes, because Hawkeye is awesome, and that scene with him and Wanda, um, with the, um, you're going to go out there and you're going to be an Avenger, which ended up everywhere, which was about so much more than that, Him, that it's him being a dad. It's him being a dad, and that was freaking awesome, and it's the best moment in the entire movie, thank you. I teared up. The yeah, second time the I saw, actually, I didn't tear up the first time. The second time I teared up. Yep. It's amazing. So, yeah, so so good. Uh, I think one more note about, about this, about the new lineup, and this is more of a meta note, that I loved seeing, seeing Falcon in the Avengers lineup in his brand new Avengers yes. suit. Yes. One, because Sam Wilson, the character, was super happy and really, really glad to be there. And I have a feeling that as much of a nerd as he is, Anthony Mackie, the actor, was also... Super, super excited super and really happy to be there. Yes. 
No, and it's good to uh, continue to see that they're going to pepper the Avengers uh, in the movie universe with more, I'd call them normal people, but not enhanced people. You know, super professional, really, you know, quality people who just happen to also be normal human beings. It, and it definitely harkens back to sort of the depowered Cap, Cap's cookie quartet uh, team up, like or lineup in the in the mid '60s, back when everyone except for Captain America left the team. And this is right, basically right. what happens here. All right, we got to decloak and get back to the show. So uh, before we do that, uh, if if you're listening to this, thank you so much, and uh, we will definitely have more for you. We may have to do a part two uh, later on. We'll we'll see. I'm done. But uh, yeah, but uh, until then, uh, the, I am. Jonathan, uh, you can reach me at road underscore block on Twitter. He and is am, Jack. Yep. And you can find me at Jack Edithil. And real quick, she is at Oboe Crazy. Lauren. Oboe. Hi. And uh, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us. And we'll see you next. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.